0: amen appreciated that song amen well it's good to see you this morning amen and uh uh we're glad to be here once again and so this morning uh we're going to be looking at the book of romans so if you want to be turning there we're going you'll be in the book of romans basically unless the lord leads differently because i always uh, try to follow the leadership of the holy spirit and I always leave that. Uh, uh, exception, and say, if the Lord should change it, then we'll try to follow Him. But other than that, right now, we feel like the Lord have us being in Romans chapter number twelve. And uh, since we were here with you the last time, the, the Lord is blessed. We're thankful for your uh, prayers for us, and uh, uh, we uh, uh, are so grateful for folks that do pray for us. Being out on the road and traveling, I say to my wife sometimes when we're traveling, man. I'll tell you what, some of these people drive like they're crazy. And then I said, but wait a minute, we're one of them. So anyway, uh, we're out there, but uh, we thank the Lord for his blessings and uh, watch care. We were here last time when we were here, our van we were driving had 300 and uh, probably at that time about 310 or 11,000 miles on it. And we got it up to almost 316. I think my wife and I came to that conclusion. It's about that. And it just, I mean, it was just getting worn out. And, you know, and I went to a church and I was at a church and the guy came and got me right before time to preach and said, preacher, your, your horn's going off like crazy out there and blowing. I said, really? I don't want somebody around it. And he said, no. So I got up and went out there and, and stopped it, you know, and, and I came back in and he said, well, what's wrong with it? I said, oh, brother, I only have one. I only have one explanation. It's old, it's got a lot of miles on it, and me and it have a lot in common. (laughs) No explanation, and things happen like that sometimes, and so uh, uh, that's kind of the way uh, I I said this morning, uh, just been dealing with vertigo, and no explanation, I never know when it's going to come, and I tell people this, if I kind of start wobbling a little bit up here, you know. I haven't drank anything stronger than water. I just want you to know that, okay? And sometimes vertigo uh, does that. Praise the Lord. Um, It's always not happened when I've been preaching or driving. And those are two two of my concerns, but uh, thank the Lord it has not. But I'd I'd appreciate your prayers about that as well. So uh, in Romans chapter 1, go to Romans 1. You're probably already in Romans 12, but go to Romans 1. Now, while you're doing that, I just mentioned, Brother uh, uh, Johnson mentioned a book table outside. And I just want you to know out there, there's uh, uh, all kinds of books out there and CDs. And I can com- com- uh, promote it because none of them are my books and or uh, my CDs. And so, but uh, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I'll just share this with you. Uh, my family loves to sing. I got my sons, two sons, their CDs are out there. And uh, all my kids can use the, you know, sing, play instruments and stuff. And, but uh, me or my wife don't play any instruments or anything. We have a sing in time past. I was in a little rural church in Kentucky Sunday week ago. And uh, they—that's uh, where the tornado went through and just about wiped out the whole town in Western Kentucky. You've probably heard about that. And uh, near over near Mayfield, a little place called Dawson Springs. And I got ready that morning, and the preacher said, "Well, we're going to have some specials, Brother Decker, and then you'll preach." And I said, uh, "So you have congregational?" He said, "Brother, I, my, my song leader—I don't have a song leader right now. I got a piano player, but I don't have a song leader." He said, "Unless you want to lead singing." I said, well, brother, I haven't led singing in a long time. My, my voice has gotten raspy and everything. He said, hey, we'll take it. You know, if you'll lead it, okay, lead singing. So I, I led a couple of songs, congregationals, and then they had some specials, and I preached. And Sunday night I did the same thing, led a couple. He said, now, now I need to meet with my men here, he said, as soon as the service is over, he announced, you know, at the beginning there, and he reminded them at the end, and he looked at me, and he said, stick around. I'll, I'll be back out in just a minute. I, I just need to meet with them real quick. He comes out and he says, hey, Brother Decker, and while we was back there, we just went ahead and had a vote. And he said, "Uh, we voted to call you as our permanent song later. (laughs) I said, brother, that just shows how desperate you are. And I, I said, and I respectfully decline <laughs> for the sake of your people. My kids really got a kick out of that. They really, I, I couldn't wait to tell them, hey, I got a call as a song leader anyway. But uh, so anyway, well, I don't know where I was at, but in Romans, okay? <laughs> uh, Romans chapter number one. But the remainder of the time this week will be in Romans chapter 12. So... Uh, I want to start with chapter twelve and read a couple of verses and then come back to Romans chapter one. We're going to be talking about how to go from this caterpillar to a butterfly in Romans chapter twelve in verse number one there if you'll look there and we'll just read these by way of introduction and then go to chapter one. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, changed, metamorphosis, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans chapter 1 we're going to look at the last half of chapter one we looked at the first half this morning in sunday school but that word transform comes from a greek word that means the same word as our metamorphosis what happens to take it from a caterpillar to a butterfly to be changed completely totally hey this looks nothing like this amen there's been a change. But, one and the same when they started. You just couldn't see this one. Amen? But it was in there. And so we're going to talk about how to be changed there. But, in order to do that, you have to understand, in Romans, Paul is writing to a group of believers, a small group of believers, in Rome, and they're in a society that is wicked. And a society that Uh, is uh, just one that has totally uh, gone downhill, so to speak, in a sense of a lot like America and what's happening in our country. So in order to understand where Paul's coming from when he gets to chapter 12, I think you have to understand the surroundings these believers are in. I said in Sunday school, and I said I would repeat myself even a little bit, and I am in the sense that folks, we are not the first group of believers to live in wicked times. I mean, you go back to the days of Noah when their imaginations were continually evil. I mean, so we we deal with wickedness and ungodliness, and it's been around ever since the garden, amen, when man fell. And so, and to the degree that we're seeing uh, this degradation take place in our country today, uh, we can look back at certain other societies and see that it took place, and Rome is one of them. Uh, Actually, the Roman Empire is known for imploding and, and collapsing within. And I'm afraid, hey, I'm, not, I'm afraid in America we don't need to worry about outside enemies as much as we need to worry about what's going on within our country and what's going on with moral values and and society. And we see this in the book of Romans. Paul is trying to encourage this small group of believers. He's trying to get them to understand not only the society but their position as believers and what God wants to do with their lives in the midst of this situation that they're living. And in, in order to do that, in Sunday school, let me just briefly mention that he brought them to the place of saying, you got to understand, number one, who you are. You're a saint of God. That means you have been saved. And he said, as one himself that has been set aside to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as a set apart for that preaching of the gospel. But their faith, he said, had been heard of and how they were living by faith in Rome And as being a testimony and a witness, and he said, I pray for you continually. I desire to see you, but he said, I want you to understand. Our purpose is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Folks, we live in a day and time when we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, We have got to come to the place of recognizing that the Lord came to this earth and his reason for coming was to seek and to save that which was lost. He said he didn't come uh, because of uh, the reason uh, being that uh, the whole need not a physician, but he came that those that were in sin might be made whole and that they might be saved. And so uh, we need to recognize this wicked society. They needed a witness. They needed Jesus. I've often said this about, uh, uh, in the book of uh, Psalms, the psalmist says over there, when uh, uh, the God's people went into captivity, they hung their hearts in the willows, and they refused to sing. And you know, I kind of, reading that one time, and it kind of struck me a little bit, in the sense that here they are in a strange land, And here they are with a strange people that did not know their true and living God. And whose songs did they need to hear? They needed to hear the songs of Zion. But they refused to sing them. Can I tell you something? Hey, I'm afraid that's happening. And we're letting the world intimidate us. And we're letting this lost society keep us quiet and we need to be sounding out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, in in verse 18, we'll pick it up there, he says, the just shall live by faith, in verse 17. And in verse 18, he picks it up this way, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness now let me stop right here and say God has not changed his mind about sin sin is still sin hey if it was wrong according to God's word 50 years ago it's wrong according to God's word right now because his word is the same his word does not change it's forever settled in heaven and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as a, reserve, as a result, we must understand God's attitude towards sin has not changed. He still hates sin, but never forget, he still loves sinners. Amen. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to these people now. Hey, God is not just overlooking sin. And saying, you know, well, after all, this is, the, this is the 21st century now. No, no, none of that makes any difference. And so as a result, but he still loves sinners. He still cares about men and women and young people. Amen. And that's why Jesus came and died on a cross. And so we find that these people now, yes, they 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 he's recognizing here and trying to get them that. And then he says in verse, let's go ahead and read in verse number uh, 19. Because that that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understand by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's saying here, they know there's a God. Amen. Did you know what? When God made man, he made him with a need to worship. Amen. There's a void in there that can only be filled when we, when we worship. And as a result, the problem is that man doesn't know there's a God. The problem is his own rebellious nature wants to make his own God. You see, instead of worshiping the true and living God, he wants to create his own God. That's always been there in society and in man. And so as a result, he said, though, but they're without excuse because evidence continually is showing that there's a God and who God is. Go out there and look at those trees. You know, they say, uh, the evolutionists say, well, all this just evolved. No, I tell you what, what's happened, man has continually devolved. Ever since the garden, that's what's happened. That, I, I looked that up, and did you know that devolution is a word? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but instead of evolution, devolution, it means going the other way, going downhill. So I just kind of spelled it this way. D-E-V-I-L, illusion. Amen? Devolution. Means sin gets worse. And man just keeps going downhill. And, that, and that's what's happening. And anybody that recognizes, I know, I know there's some religions that teach, well, it's just going to get better and better and better, and it's going to usher in the kingdom. Let me tell you something. It does not take a rocket scientist to look out here and see that this whole world is not getting better and better and better. It's getting worse. You say, boy, you sure are just a a ray of sunshine today. No, I'm telling you, folks, I'm just being real and honest with you. And in Paul's day, it was the same way. In Paul's day, we find that mankind had gone just into the depths of sin. But he's saying here, the thing of it was that they know there's a God. They're without excuse in the sense that creation proves there's a God. Even there's a witness that says there's a God. And so they know there's a God. Just remember, there was a time when the ark, Came in that they all knew there was a God, the God, the true and living God. And so as a result, there was that opportunity, but certain societies chose to turn away from God. And as a result, so we say, he, he says here, Paul says they're without excuse in saying that there is no God, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. When they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, and they were unthankful. You'll find that again when you get over a little in the end of this chapter, but I'm going to tell you something. Usually you can trace back sin to that matter of just not being thankful. You know, we we deal with that in a a matter of choosing to do what we want rather than being thankful for what God has done for us. And as a result, we'll we'll look at that in a little minute and see how that's carried out in this Roman society as Paul is dealing with them. But he says in verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now, you remember for those that were here in Sunday school, he said he was a debtor to the wise and the unwise. Paul said, I owe those that I'm around. I, I'm a debtor in the sense that I've received the grace of God and the mercy of God. And I'm a debtor to them to share with them that same gospel of Jesus Christ. And so again, he's making that, that known there. They professing themselves to be wise. Now, you got to remember we're wrong in society. They, they kind of prize themselves in being thinkers and and they the intellectual part of it you know and as intellectuals, they, they thought, well, you know, man, is, he's superior because he has that, that intellect and everything like that. I, I'll never forget, I was out knocking on doors in, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky one time, and a young man came to doors, and uh, uh, he was a student at U UofL at that time, and he invited me in, and we, I was talking to him, and, and I asked him if he went to church, if he knew the Lord as a Savior, and he said, no, he said, to be honest with you, I'm, a, I'm an intellectual. And he said, as a result, I don't accept anything that I cannot fully explain and understand. I said, is that right? He said, yeah. I said, well, I I see this morning you had cereal for breakfast, obviously. And he said, yeah, what about it? I said, well, I I see you got milk sitting there. And he said, yeah, yeah, milk, I had it with my cereal. I said, well, then, sir, could I ask you a question? Uh, Can you explain to me intellectually? How a black and white cow can eat green grass and give white milk? And he looked at me and he said, "Well, no." And I said, "Wait a minute, though. You said you will not accept anything that you can't intellectually explain and understand. But yet you had that milk on your cereal this morning. But you don't know how it got here. Well, I mean, yeah, it came from a cow. But how did it get? To the, how did the cow have it?" Well, I mean, it just happens. I said, yeah, okay. I said, uh, so I said, you got your lights on? And he said, uh, yeah. And I said, uh, did you know in order for that light to be on, TVA has power generators uh, down in Kentucky Lake, and those turbines are turning, generating power. And they're, that power is being transferred through certain wires over 200 miles or 100 and something miles, 150 miles, whatever it is. And, and it's come into this house. And it's it's lighting up. Can you explain how that happens? And he said, no, I'm not an electrician. And I said, but you flipped the switch this morning and turned your light on. That means you accepted it, even though you couldn't logically explain it. And he said, I guess. And I said, well, let me tell you this. I said, as a teenager, 2851 Elam Drive, I called upon the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to come into my heart and save me as a sinner. I said, I can't stand here and tell you the miracle, how it happened inside me, but miraculously, God changed me. And old things passed away, and all things became new, and I became a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I can't explain it to you so you can intellectually explain it and understand it, but I can tell you it's real because I know he lives in my heart. Amen? You see, uh, wise, they profess themselves wise, but yet they become fools. They even, in their wisdom, uh, uh, just will not accept that, which is beyond their comprehension and thinking. Praise God that a miracle takes place when somebody gets saved. Amen. And so he said, professing themselves. You know, we live in a society that man has gotten smart and smart and smarter. And smarter and smarter but the problem is seems the smarter man gets the more he rejects and denies God he just becomes too smart when you don't have enough smarts to know that you're a sinner and you need Jesus Christ as your Savior then my friend you've just gone beyond what's needed in the sense of that intellect and that wisdom. And so anyway, let me go on in verse 23. He said, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now here's the Romans. The Romans worship everything. They have statues and they have gods i mean to creatures everything i mean they worshiped the snake they worshiped the sun they worshiped man they deified man they worshiped the body they hey they any kind of animal just about there was a statue and a god for them in rome and so uh, they they worshiped everything and the problem was they changed the glory of an uncorruptible god into corruptible images and set them up as figures of worship idolatry and now, folks, let me say to you, hey, still, that still goes on today. There's folks that still worship figures and idols and, and, and all that. Back in Bowling Green, Kentucky, they built a new, uh, uh, I guess it's a Hindu or, or Buddhist temple, I can't remember. They built a new one there, in, uh, one of those. And in the news, they told how that they were moving their gods. In a procession, they had to move their gods and then they had to wake them up and introduce them to this new shrine that they had built. And I'm standing there thinking, sounds familiar to me. Maybe on top of Mount Carmel, That's where Elijah said, maybe you better holler a little louder. You know, maybe, hey, maybe he's asleep. Your God's a sleeper on a journey. Well, they're saying theirs were. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> hallelujah, my God doesn't sleep, amen? <laughs> Psalm 121, I mean, he's there all the time, and so praise God. I'm glad I've got a God I don't have to wake up. But anything and everything became a God in Rome because they didn't want to forget anybody. It was like in, in, in Greek was a, uh, Greece was the same way. Paul there on Mars Hill, he was talking to them about that. And so we find here that he said they they changed the uncorruptible God into an image. And, And so all of these gods that they had, now listen, folks, we may not worship the sun. We may not have an image of a snake. We may not have the image of a goat that we bow down to. But anything that's put ahead of God becomes an idol. There can be a lot of things, folks. doesn't necessarily have to be an image carved out or made of stone. But if it takes the glory and the place of God and is worshipped, which he goes on to say, in verse number 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Here's Rome. These Christians, they're having to deal with this. They're living in this society. Paul is reminding them about this society that they're living in. This society that, that, oh man, he says they come to the place of, of worshiping creatures. And, and he says here in verse number 25, they change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Can I tell you something? Humanism. Humanism is worshiping man. Man becomes his own God. We live in a society where humanism is practice because man sets himself up to do what he wants and he makes his own rules and he does what is right in his own mind. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so the problem, hey, humanism is all around us. It's permeated our society. When man is looked at as his own God, and he's the only one he has to answer to. And, and so as a result, he can do whatever he wants, and there's no consequences. And so we find here he's telling how that they had changed the truth of God into a lie and begin to worship the creature more than the creator. They forgot who made them. They forgot the creator. And now the emphasis is put on the creation. It's like, can the vessel tell the potter what to do? <laughs> you know, the potter has the control. He's the creator over the clay. But we many times want to have our way. We want to do things our way. And as a result, we turn away from the word of God. And we turn to ourselves. And that's what they did in Rome. In Rome, they had come to this place of doing just about anything and everything. I mean, really. If you've ever read about the Roman society, I'll tell you. It's unbelievable all that went on in that society.
1: I could say that, well,
0: unbelievable unless you read the newspaper today. This is the thing when you read this and you start thinking, well, how do we, what, what's going on? Well, it's the wickedness of man. It's man trying to worship the creature more than the creator. It's man trying to have it his way. And so we find Paul here is is talking about them. And he said that uh, they, uh, uh, in verse 26, for this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Sound like 2022?
1: Have you that which is natural is being ignored? Men with men? Let's just Let's just kind of put it the way it is. God created male and female. Yes, sir.
0: Amen? I read nothing about any others. Male and female. And he brought them two, Adam and Eve, together and performed the first wedding. Amen? That is a biblical wedding. A man... And a woman, Amen. And they were unthankful, and they were reprobate in their thinking. Why? Because, hey, the Romans were known for all of this perversion that went on in their society, publicly and private. It was condoned and went on in the sense of homosexuality. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It's wrong. It's a sin unto God. God never intended that. And you're never intending for a man to marry a man or a woman to marry
1: a woman. And
0: I'll go a step further, being unthankful. Did you know what leads to all this transgenderism going on and everything? is? Yes, man is not thankful for the way God made him.
1: And because of not being thankful, I want to be something else because God made a mistake when he made me. Well, let me just go ahead and throw another little thing in here since I'm just going on. God didn't make them like that either.
0: God would not go against his word. And he would not make a mistake in making... Somebody who was supposed to be a woman be born a male child. Totally against the character of God and his word. You say, Brother Decker, are, 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 you, are you speaking hatefully? No. God loves them. Jesus died for them on the cross at Calvary just like he did you and me. But he didn't intend for them to live that way. We live in a day and time, folks. Just stay with me now. We're coming back to the butterfly and the caterpillar. But you've got to understand why this change is necessary. He's saying you've got to be different than society if you're going to reach society. It doesn't mean you just blend in and meld to society and go along with their way of thinking. No, that's our problem in America. All of a sudden, hey, the whole thing is, let's just don't make waves. Let's just be quiet about it. But I'm going to tell you something. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm going to let it be known that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to preach the gospel because they need to be saved. And he's trying to prepare this Roman believers for reaching this wicked society. And he's saying, look, what they're doing, I'm not condoning, what they're doing is wrong. In the eyes of God, it is wrong. There's no doubt it's wrong. And understand that. It's all right. I believe it's all right. And not only all right should be that you and I say sin is wrong.
1: And never come to the place that we get so complacent We just accept it. No.
0: Because if we do, the next generation will be immersed in it. And that's what the devil is hoping for. That's what the world is hoping for. But it can be. It can be changed. And so we find here, he's saying here, they they did that which was unseemly. They did that which was wrong. And God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to a wicked way of just, hey, listen, just go ahead. But understand, there is a consequence for unrighteousness. There is a consequence for rejecting God. And so as a result, he he's teaching, now he's writing to Christians, understand, but he's putting this, this society of Romans where they're at here. Verse number 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. I, you know, I could stop at each one of these and preach about 10 minutes. But for the sake of uh, getting out of here before evening service. You know, he's saying here, unrighteousness, and then he breaks it down, uh, fornication, sins of the flesh, wickedness, just that which is not right, despite, oh, excuse me, I skipped them. covetousness. It's yours, but I want it, so I'll take it. That's a way of thinking. Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, murder yeah the Romans in this society that Paul is writing to murder was a common practice if somebody had a position and you wanted it, remove them just get them out of the way there's places in cities in America right now that on any given weekend more people are killed than in a war zone Murdered, murders, debates, yeah, continue arguments, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God,
1: despiteful, proud, <laughs> boasters, inventors of evil things. You think, can it get worse?
0: Seems like man just sits around and tries to think how to do something more evil at times. Come into a technological world now, and yet there's people their whole life is trying to mess people's life up by infiltrating technology and advising evil schemes without understanding oh I, I skipped uh, well yeah disobedient to parents oh yeah oh by the way if you want to go to 2 Timothy in chapter, you don't have to go there but I'm just telling you sometime 2 Timothy chapter 3 Paul also describes this as the latter days so what was happening in Rome actually is what's going to happen in the latter days he's saying Are we seeing it, folks? Are we seeing it? Disobedient to parents?
1: Kids, love your
0: parents. Honor them. God says it's a first commandment with promise. Honor your mother and your father. Their days may be long upon the earth. I'll never forget one of the preacher friends of mine took my two oldest kids when they were very little and put them on his knees. And he looked at them and he said this, Angie, Jody, you want to live a long time? You want to have a long life? Then you better obey your mom and dad. You better honor them. Because God says he'll bless you. But you got to be willing to honor your mom and dad. They remembered it. They remembered it. You say, did they always honor you? Well, I wish I could say that, but they've tried. <laughs> they were kids at that time, little kids. Yes, they have honored me and my wife, and I thank the Lord for that. But he's saying here, are disobedient to parents without understanding covenant breakers. Oh, man. Whew. Covenant. You know what that means? They don't keep their word. You know, in my day, in my dad's day, you know how they sealed deals? If they borrowed something from somebody, you know how they sealed their deals?
1: That meant I'll pay you back.
0: You got my word on it, I'll pay you back. Yeah. And then it came to the fact of just, hey, sign right here. Put your name. Just sign. As long as I got your name and do it. When I, when I went to gospel, in my first uh, pastorate down there, I went to that little country, right? And they said, Preacher, just sign right here, and that means you'll pay us back, right? I said, Yes, that's what it means. Well, you go try to do that today. Amen? You, 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 you make an agreement, and they want your signature, and they want all of your data from your personal files, and the birth certificates of your three eldest children. Amen? and whatever else they can get. You say, what brought that about, covenant breakers? Not keeping their word. Not keeping their word. Not being true to it. And so we we see that 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 was true in in their day. True in their day. He said, uh, uh, and then he went on, without natural affection. We talked about that. Uh, Implacable, just mean, (laughs) and continually persistent in it. Unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them. Oh, look at that last line. But that have pleasure in them that do them. Yeah, it's not just that those things are done, but if they don't participate, they enjoy watching others do it. You say, wait a minute, Brother Decker. Yeah, wait a minute. You know what? Our society can come into our homes through many channels
1: today. Literally. Pornography, wickedness.
0: That's what he's talking about right here. Did you know that in those public... Baths in Rome that they had, and I'm not going into it this morning, but where all the wickedness went on at, they uncovered and just in recent things. And when they unearthed one of those, they had viewing rooms where people were not participants, but they could set. You say, oh, That's horrible. But wait a minute. Today, you don't have to go to any place to do that, it's available.
1: It's around us everywhere.
0: That's why it must be monitored. That's why we must be careful. He said, not only those that do such things, they know it's wrong, but then they find pleasure in those that do it. Watch it now. I'm I'm, I'm writing it up, I promise you, right here. Verse 1, chapter 2. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. The warning is, look, you got to be different. You you can't participate in that unrighteousness. You've been saved, and you as a uh, you need to recognize. Hey, listen, you need to be different because anybody that participates in those type things is guilty of those things and, and will be judged. But he says, Hey, look. He goes on, and I'm I'm going to stop. I'll have to stop and continue on tonight in Romans chapter 12. But the point is this: Don't miss my point. Here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying yes you live in a wicked society yes they have gone in in the depths of depravity and yes here they are doing those things that are wrong but you recognize the wrongness of those things don't you get involved in them stay away from it be different but also remember this Jesus Christ died for them as much as he died for you and your purpose as a Christian in that society is to reach out to those that are lost and to keep them from going to hell and help them to realize that, hey, their life can be changed and they can be different just like you are.
1: But if you're going to reach them, there's got to be a metamorphosis. You won't reach them if you stay
0: like a caterpillar. They need to see a difference that's been made in you. They need to see that you've been changed. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, But such were some of you, but ye are washed. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. And folks, let me tell you something. Every one of us, but for the grace of God, would be headed for hell. And every one of us but for the grace of God could be laying in a gutter out here today. And every one of us but for the grace of God could be just like they were in Rome. And Paul said, I'm a debtor, and you're a debtor as Christians. We all are to a lost and dying world to tell them, hey, you don't have to die and go to hell. Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross of Calvary. you know what? That means somebody caught up in the wrong kind of lifestyle, they can be saved. Just like you and I are saved. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the world says if you preach against sin, you're, it's a it's hate crime. No, it's a love crime if you want to call it anything. Because you're doing it because you love them and want to warn them and tell them so they can be changed. Amen. I don't want anybody to go to hell. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. So what's our job? Well, we got to get
1: them. We got to go after them. We got to show them what it means to be saved. It's... Stage one starts this evening. The caterpillar. The caterpillar. <laughs> Surely not. You ugly dude. Beautiful. Look. Oh. Mm. Well, we'll start that
0: tonight. If you're in here, though, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know this morning you can. This morning you can come. This morning you can have your sins forgiven and you can have a home in heaven. You can come this morning and be made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. You can have
1: your sins purged. What a blessing. Whatever you've done, whoever you are, whatever you have, it makes no difference. God loves you. Jesus
0: died for you. Come. Come. And trust him. If you're here and you're saved this morning, are you involved in trying to reach others with the gospel? Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Will you let other people know that you're a Christian? And will you share your testimony as a child of God in order that they too might be saved? That's our job. That's our, oh, you say, but it's a wicked society. Oh, sure. Yeah. So was this one. But Paul said, As we're going to
1: see, they had a responsibility to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ.